So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. A fine pair brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. It's Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. And this is the last Beckler and Shauna podcast together for a while. Yeah. You're off tomorrow. I am. I'm off all next week. Yeah. Uh, Podcasts will still be coming out, but it'll just be one of us or the other for the next little while. Yep. Solo podcast, solo That's right. cast. That's right. We're, a lot of people, people don't know this, but we're only allowed to take holidays at certain times of the year. Yes. Depends on when our big ratings periods are. Like, our station is rated every day, mm-hmm. um, but in the spring and fall when we're in our big ratings quarters, we're not allowed to go away for, like, a week at a time, so... Yes. Um, Which is why you'll find that there's times where, yeah, one of us is off or the other's off because that's out of those times. Yes. So you can take time off. Yeah. So, got to get them in before, I think, end of February, next early March is when the next, like, big ratings thing starts, so... Yeah. Yeah. You're going to Phoenix? I am, yes. Yeah. My parents spend part of the winter down there. My aunt has a place, so we're going to go down and hang out with them for about a week and... That's awesome. Just... Relax, Heck soak yeah. up some sun, enjoy the nice weather. I haven't been down there for a long time since I was quite young, so yeah. we're going to do a little hiking, and yeah, it should be good. That's awesome. Hoping to play some pickleball with some retirees down there. That's but I, should. I don't know if you can just get in, if a newcomer can just come up and say, hey, can I play? I don't know. I feel like it's probably a pretty damn competitive down there for pickleball. Yeah, and maybe a little little clicky. Maybe they don't want just anybody strolling in there. So Totally. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. Really funny. <laughs> On today's show, some Vancouver soft headlines. The most welcoming place in Canada. Can you guess what it is? Dr. Phil's reign of terror is over. Uh, Papa Badio is on the podcast today. Shauna's continuing her orange peel training to try to break the record. Yes. Um, we're going to talk important. about Connor Bedard's appearance in Calgary last night. This is pretty wild. Something that you might have on your face, but didn't know what it was called. And Shauna made an interesting find at a bar she was at just recently after your out of context clip of the show. Whose cheese? Hey, is this your cheese? The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I was out visiting a friend at a bar yesterday, and uh, this is really weird, but I looked under my feet, and, and there was a, a wheel of cheese. A whole wheel under, of cheese? Just a big old wheel of cheese. How big are we talking? Underneath my, well, like a, a, a little bigger than a brie, like a fair-sized chunk of cheese, though. Like a, yeah? I don't it's know how like to describe 15 this. bucks worth of cheese. It's a, if it's a, at least, at least, Beckler, about the size, of, well, almost the size of your, you have a big head, so not your <laughs> head, but a small head. Uh, it was hilarious, because I looked at it, I'm like, what in the hell is that? Do-? And it was unopened, and so I was like, all I can think of is that somebody went grocery shopping, before we went to the bar, and then like they had a bag of groceries, and this wheel of cheese fell out of there somehow. And were devastated when they got home. Oh my God! Can you imagine? That's the $15 probably what dollars you spent on cheese, and, and that's where what is you it? Went for well, yeah. you, you went to get the cheese, and then the cheese is in the. And you stood there at the cheese, the debating. cheese cooler, and you're like, ah, "Do I spend this money on the cheese? Yep. That's a lot for cheese." But you're like, I'm "I really want it. that cheese because oh, it's poor good person. cheese." I know. Oh, it sucks. So of course, I immediately I asked around the bar. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> which?" 
I, you can imagine people hey. be like, are you kidding? But I did. I was like, did anybody lose a wheel of cheese or? Whose cheese? Hey, is this your cheese? You know what? Cheese is so valuable. Though, Yours, I sir. I would have asked the person to describe the cheese. Because <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I lost a wheel of cheese. <laughs> Let's see it. How many wheels of cheese are people losing at the bar? Well, is this your cheese? I don't know. Maybe you lost the other wheel. It's no, just over there. No, you know, I, got my wheel right, I got my wheel right here. Uh, that person's feet. <laughs> But anyway, everybody after looking at me really weird was like, no, that's not my cheese, man. So guess what? I took it home with me. Well, I'm, I'm glad not it, gonna, I'm not going to let it get. No. You know what? If I had lost $15, I'm just assuming it was $15 wheel of cheese. It I would have been hope. more. It was sizable. It could have been. It looked yeah. like nice cheese. I should look it up. Actually, I haven't looked at it. How much it's worth yet? I would hope that it went to a good home if I couldn't use it. You know, yeah. if I got home after I had my schmelty for not, you know, for realizing that I'd lost my expensive cheese. Oh. Be like, well, I hope the person who picked it up really appreciates it. Your girlfriend told you the specific type of cheese, and you show up without a whole man. Stop for a, stop for, for a cheeky pint on the way home, and yeah. you lose the cheese. Her charcuterie board will never look the same. <laughs> and Shauna podcast. You know those creases on either side of the nose that some people have. Yeah. Like I've these ones, right? Yeah. 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 The, these, um, they're not dimples. The smile um, lines or whatever. Smile they are. lines. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can't, if you, if you, well, you can't see where I'm pointing right now, obviously, if you're listening, but I always think of like Mel Gibson's face. Mel Gibson has some serious He's got some those things like lines, they're yeah. so deep you could lose a man down there. You could lose a member of the expedition in one of those crevices. Just a little corn coin purse there for him. Yeah. And I mean they're called smile lines, but for some people they like. They only show up when they smile. Mel's got them all the time, right? Whether right. he's smiling or yeah. saying something horrible about Jews or whatever. But oh, geez. I looked it up. Um, the, the the real name for them is nasolabial folds. Nasolabial folds. Sorry. Labial. We have face labia. Yeah. It's your ba- essentially your, it's your, your face, face labia. vagina. Your is face what's going vagina. on. Okay. Those two oh. lines on either side. I'm never going to not think of that when I see Mel Gibson now. <laughs> Look at the face vagina on him. Woo-wee. Hey, Mel, deep face vagina you got Holy there. Holy hell. <laughs> anyway, but as okay. I was reading about this, I got I, I started reading about some other types of dimples that people have on okay. their faces and bodies. So oh, yeah. the bum chin, right? Yep. A lot of people have bum chin or like right. a dimple right there. It's called a cleft chin. Yes. Um, I have a bum chin that com- comes and goes sometimes. Sit still for a second. You have like a fair weather bum chin. I have a fair weather bum chin. <laughs> I, kinda, like, I don't know if it's in the cold at Puckers. It makes more It's like how what? people with a bum knee can tell that yeah, yeah. the storm's coming while your bum My chin bum chin's shows telling up. me, oh, it's the cold ah, weather's pressure here. pressure change. Careful. Must be a stroke blowing. Bundle up. My bum chin's back. It just turns into Look a bum. Look at this. Look at this chin. Right beneath your face vagina there. Do I have a do I have a bum chin right now? Not right now, no. Oh, okay. Nope. <laughs> Low pressure. Seasonal. Yep. This is good. Anyway. Okay, so that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the lower back, sometimes women or men will have what are called the dimples of Venus. Yes. Or My friend men, has those. They, with, with men, they're called something else. The dimples of... It's not Venus. Another... It's a Greek god, not goddess. But yeah, Mars. they're considered to be traditionally attractive, right? Your friend had... Your friend has the dimples of Venus? Yeah, she has really pronounced ones. I really? I thought they were really nice, yeah. Some people even get them pierced now. Yeah, oh, wow. To draw attention to them. Giant. And I guess that is part of a larger lower back structure called the rhombus of Michaelis. And okay. it's this like rhombus-shaped section on your lower back that include the dimples of Venus. Interesting. I didn't know we had names for all this stuff. I didn't either. <laughs> hey, girl. 
Nice rhombus of Michaelis you got going That's on there. That's a lot. There's a lot going on there. And then some people at the t- like the very base of their spine, right at the top of their butt crack, essentially, will have what's called the sac- sacral dimple. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like, I don't know, it almost looks like a second butt up there. Oh. The sacral dimple. Okay. Um, that one's not overly attractive then if you have a second ass. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Second a second ass. Yeah. yeah. Look at the second ass on her. And that one, it, yeah, it didn't say anything about that one being considered conventionally like, attractive, like the dimples of Venus. It's like the number of chins, but you collect a number of asses yeah. back there. <laughs> but I think it has to do with like development. It's not necessary. It's not something you can change or control or anything. It's just Did how I you develop. Did I pierce my bum chin, you think? <laughs> Is that attractive? Pierce or? your bum chin? It's only seasonal, so I can only pierce it at certain times when it starts to appear again. Well, I mean, some people have that that little stud right where the sole patch oh, is, true. right? Yeah. Like right in the, below the lip. So mine would just be a little lower than that. Right, right in the chin. crease. <laughs> yeah. You can only see at certain points. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. So Connor Bedard nearly sold out the Saddle Dome single-handedly. That's insane. It is nuts. I saw some photos from people who were there last night. And yeah, the building is full yeah. to see a 17-year-old kid play hockey. 17 years old. Unbelievable. Can you imagine causing that type of hype? Like Anywhere he goes right now, he is single-handedly helping the WHL's ticket sales. Yeah, and your boyfriend works in the WHL, hey? He so, does. Like, and he couldn't believe it. a bit of a circus it. following him around, Yeah, hey? Yeah, he can't. he's never seen anything like that. <laughs> he was just like, this is something else. And it's I was a like, I know. ton of pressure. Yes. I mean, and even like, it must be a little bit awkward for him because you're still a member of a team and yep. you know and everyone's there to see just you i know i know it's so. a bit weird but he's handling it really well yeah like i think so yeah i mean yeah. maybe it's just because he's so good that pressure can't <laughs> you know can't help him but i've got a kind of a conspiracy to do with this oh, as well well hang on a second yeah, here okay. i have our conspiracy Great, yeah. ready to go this is conspiracy corner what is this outlandish conspiracy theory this Connor? one's really stupid but here it is so Gary Bettman developed Connor Bedard. He's actually a robot, but he developed oh. him to, of course, save hockey. That's what happened here, okay? So he went into his vampire lair, and he created <laughs> Connor Stein and unleashed him onto the world. And uh, that's what happened here. And it was just because it is. It's hyping up hockey and really helping hockey yep. through every level, right? So this is why. There's also this conspiracy. I don't know if you've seen this, that Bettman is going to rig the draft lottery to put Bedard in Arizona. Hmm, interesting. Because Bettman has expressed this weird love for Arizona. He constantly is talking about how the great the, the fans are great and the market is great. And, and it's everybody, fought hard to keep the team there. And, and everybody's like, well, no, the fans aren't great and the market is not great, but he just keeps pushing for it. He's like, no, 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 we need a team in Arizona. And draft conspiracies are always so spicy. There totally. are plenty of hockey fans who believe that... the. The draft lottery was rigged the year that Sidney Crosby came into the league yep. because Pittsburgh was struggling and they had just built a new arena. Lots of fans think the same thing about Connor McDavid. Yeah. You know, that the draft was rigged to get him in Edmonton because they had just built a new arena. And That's it. So... So the idea uh, is that Batman is now pushing for Arizona and he wants Bedard to be in Arizona, so it's going to be rigged. Uh, the reason for this is because uh, Batman's vampire lair is, of course, underneath the Arizona <laughs> arena as well, so... It's vampire lair. He does. So, okay, so when you say underneath the Arizona arena, do you mean Mullet Arena? Yes. In Tempe, where they're playing right now, like that university arena? Yeah. 
Yeah. He, his, his lair is under there. His lair is under there, which is why he doesn't want the team to move because he's like, no, no, my lair's there. So it's very convenient. We need an but NHL team here. Was his lair underneath their, their main arena before they moved to town? Ta- okay, so he has, maybe he has like a tunnel or something? He's got a, he's got a tunnel. He's <laughs> really developing in this whole underground vampire world in Arizona and he just, he doesn't want the team to leave there. So this is different than George Canyon is the lizard king and lives underneath the saddle dome, it's right? This is yes. a little bit different. George Canyon also- lives underneath the saddle dome. Ben Batman lives under in Arizona, underneath multiple places now. I mean, if he does, new arenas. If Arizona does win the draft lottery and Bedard goes there, though, it will lend a lot of credence to this theory, won't it? Because it sure will. Wherever he lands, they're going to sell so many jerseys and so many tickets, right? Yep. So and Batman will just pop out of his hair yeah. like good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Wait, we didn't give it a rating. Oh, how right. many Sidney Crosby's out of ten do you like this? Would you give this one on the plausibility scale? If Gary Batman is a vampire who lives underneath. <laughs> The Arizona Coyotes Arena. Eleven point five out of ten. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. This news story popped up the other day. I think it might even have been a push notification, so maybe you saw it too if you have an iPhone. But the headline was asking, "Is Trudeau in campaign mode?" Hmm. And when I saw that, I think they're like. There's something that if you can keep in, in, in mind when you look at these things, it all sort of makes a little more sense. They're always in campaign mode. Yep. Are they, are they ever not in campaign mode? We've discussed this off the air and how frustrating it is because every decision that anyone makes in politics is made to try and keep them in power. Or at least it goes through that lens yes, before it's made. It 100% does. Of course it does. These people want to remain in power, so they're going to make decisions in order to do that. And when your job is up for review every yep. four years or less in some cases, you kind of have to, right? Yep. It's one of the side effects of how our system works. Mm-hmm. Yes, we get to vote every four years, but it means that, like you said, every decision passes through that lens. Like even something like, um, you know, the provincial government's affordability payments that started going out this week. Yep. A lot of people looked at that and said, well, is this the best way to you know, tackle affordability in the province? Is this fair? Well, people were confused because there are some major groups that were left out, right? Yeah. Like people without children were left out of those affordability payments. And people were like, well, it doesn't mean that you have more affordability. Like things are going up for you as well. So why were they left out? And now people, of course, are like, well, because that's the voting population. They're targeting the voting population. If you, again, if you put it through that filter, yeah, it sort of makes a little more sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like some of the issues the government is required to address are just so big. Like some of the major infrastructure projects and things like climate change and homelessness. Like it's going to take, these are massive, massive things that are going to take longer than four years Definitely. to, to make take any action on but the the government doesn't have that much time right they need to show results now or they get the boot yep and on the flip side of that i think the short time crunch allows them to make promises that they'll they, they're not going to be around to see come to fruition right so whether or not it, you can make a promise way down the road totally. whether or not it happens i mean not my problem at that point right or even you could government's We're going to be can, gas-free by 2085. <laughs> sure. Like, great, cool, I'll be cool. dead by then. Yeah. <laughs> or governments can do damage on a big time scale that they won't be held accountable for because by the time we really see the effects of that, they'll be long gone. Yeah. So it's a bit of a catch-22. It is. Most of us would probably agree that longer terms aren't the answer. No. So I don't... Maybe there is no answer. It's just kind of the way she goes. 
Friggin' way she goes, bud. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I was asked recently how my orange peeling training is going, Beckler. Uh, how is that going, Shauna? Well, okay, so as for those of you who don't know, I'm trying to break the world record for fastest peeling of an orange. You're and, not uh, far off. I'm not that far off at all. Uh, the record is 4.53 seconds right now. Last time I tried it, I was like... Seven something yeah, seconds. Yeah, high sevens, I think. Uh, and so I was getting home, and I, I bought some oranges to practice at home. And so I started practicing, and I think I was getting faster. Although it's tough to like time myself yeah. when I'm doing this. You need to get like a competition rig with lasers and stuff. Well, this right? is it, right? Like you've, I've got to really invest. But then I was also spending a lot of money on oranges, and then I was wasting these oranges. Ah, yeah. Because here's the problem. Yeah. is like Fruit's you, not cheap right now either, no, is it? No, and you peel them, and I can't eat as many oranges as I was peeling. So I was going through like six or seven on training days, and then I'd have to be like, that is six or seven oranges. That I can't possibly eat them all. I could eat two of them, yeah. and then I'd have to toss the rest, and I was like, this is awful. So what do you do? Well, this is what I'm wondering. How do you train properly? I'm trying to figure out how to do that. I was like, I, I need to reach out to maybe the, the world record holder right now and be like, what were you doing, or were you just <laughs> wasting all these oranges? Send like, an email. Shauna Jefferson here, big fan. Yeah, big Coming fan. Coming for your record. Uh-huh. Uh, can you give me some training tips? Seriously. I think maybe you need to like volunteer at a kid's soccer tournament or something. Yes. Well, this is what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> or somewhere that uh, maybe bakes with a lot of oranges, like mm. somewhere that specializes in some sort of orange cake or, or something, or and then to, just yeah. give them right to them. Like I'm done. I'm like, here you go. You can have these now. I'm practicing up. Or go to like a soup kitchen. Be like, can I be on oranges? Yeah. Can I peel the oranges? That's true. Yeah, I wonder if there's a restaurant or something even where they <laughs> peel a lot of oranges. They could be like, I need this for my training. Excuse I never me? thought about the difficulty of training for that world record. No. There's a cost to it and you don't want to waste. And so. that's just it. I was wondering if, because I was looking, I was like, this is one that seems attainable. And I'm like, it's probably because the amount of money I'm spending on, <laughs> on fruit doing it. The Beckler and Shana Podcast. We had a few suggestions from friends of the show as to how you can up your orange peel training, Shauna. Yeah, a lot of people were saying you should juice them. Yeah. Which I'd never thought of before, but you could juice them and then you could freeze the juice, right? That's so, right. Uh, the thing is that then I would just have, I'd have a whole lot of, that's a lot of juice. That okay? is, well, you could give it away. I mean, if you bring someone freshly squeezed orange juice, I'm sure they'd be pumped about that. Well, someone else said you could do a juice stand. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. In the summer? Yeah. And maybe that's part of the, the novelty. You know, like those, you know, the street vendors where they can do all the cool tricks with it and stuff. And it yep. becomes like, you know, a, not just the, the food you're eating, but the presentation of it as well. Yes. That could be you. Could I become a world famous juicer after that too? <laughs> Set up your little juice stand down by the Bow River and someone orders a glass of juice and then they're just blown away by how quickly you can shell them oranges. And if I actually beat the world record, then I can put that on my juice stand sign and be like, world record holder, come and get my juice yep. and watch my stuff. Okay? Someone else said you could make smoothies. One person suggested you get a part-time job at Orange Julius. Which isn't bad either. <laughs> Don't they? Do they still have visors? Does Orange Julius still have those silly visors? When you break the record, you need to be wearing a visor. Oh my God! That's Maybe hilarious. you could get Orange Julius to sponsor you on your attempt. Now that I think about it, like visors were a big part of a uniform for a lot of these fast food chains for a while. Is it still the case? I don't Good recall question. seeing one in a while, but like McDonald's used to have them, and Dairy yep. Queen, and everybody used to have to wear the friggin' visor. Why visors? I don't know. Weird. Visors were big in the 90s for a bit there. For the sunshine inside the fast food chain? Like, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to your world record attempt. I think you should go the Orange Julius route. That is Get off fun. the air here. I got to go pull a shift over at Julius. Yeah, come visit me at Orange Julius, guys. <laughs>
I'm looking on the map right now. There is an Orange Julius in Airdrie, and it's just a short hop from the new community of Midtown. Oh, that's so just phenomenal. This is all coming together for you, Shauna. I'm going to move to Midtown and work at Orange Julius and then beat a world record. <laughs> this is my next, This is my goal, my, my life goals. You can get yourself a lane home, a paired home, or a single-family front drive home from Shane Homes and just set up there. And you yeah. know what? Nobody's going to hear my orange peeling antics because, of course, there's a really thick, thick wall. No, no, no sound is traveling. So You're big you sellies as you get closer and closer. Hell to yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are getting tougher. <laughs> these sellies are getting tougher. Okay. How do we connect orange <laughs> juice and peeling oranges to homes? Yeah. For more information, visit, visit ShaneHomes.com. Shane Homes, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. <laughs> Audio. Audio. I heard you cry loud. All the way across Green Day's original name was Sweet Children. Their first album sold fewer than 3,000 copies. The band's original drummer left, feeling they didn't have a hope in hell of making it. The next album sold 50,000 copies, and the record label was hoping their next might just sell 100,000. Well, that album was Dookie. It wound up selling 10 million copies. Fans of the band who owned this album back when we listened to tracks in order will know this song is immediately followed by a song called Coming Clean, where Billy Joe Armstrong discusses his bisexuality. I didn't even know Billy Joe was bisexual, and I'm guessing that would have been far more difficult to be open about in 1994. Green Day sure knows how to repurpose their old albums. Nimrod, for example, they've got the original album, a silver vinyl, a black vinyl, a limited edition pink and blue vinyl, a bunch of live vinyls, and then they just released a 25th anniversary edition box set that includes a bunch of unreleased demos, including this one. This song appeared on an episode of South Park in 2017, sung by the boys' barbershop quartet. No time to search the world around, when I come around, when I come around, I come around. Audio. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Well, I'll be damned. Dr. Phil is ending his reign after That's, 21 seasons. I know. I saw this kicking around yesterday. Right? It's crazy. That's, it's crazy. I'd prefer if you called him Mr. Phil, though. Mm-hmm. He's not a doctor. I know. I know. He's a mister. Uh, he is. Uh, of course, when I saw this, I was like, well, we are going to have to eulogize Dr. Phil, I guess. He's been <sighs> a staple of our lives for a long time, whether you like it or not. Has he? Well. Has he been a staple of I our mean, lives? I mean, he's been around in the background, just a little, ting, like yeah. a little mosquito back there. You, he's you been just, present. You know him. Yeah, he's been you there. You just don't get it, do you? No. Yeah. That's that's him. So that was bad. Nah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, here we go. We are gathered here today to remember Dr. Phil, who... Well, isn't an actual doctor, but somehow has gotten away with calling himself that for far too long. Well, after 21 years, non-Dr. Phil and his walrus mustache calling it quits. We're going to miss that gleaming bald head and that subtle southern accent and that walrus mustache that would move every time he chatted. We'll miss the you won't believe what she said next teases and the after the break, we'll meet a girl who eats her boyfriend's hair out of stress episodes. 
Your wife is probably happy as well. She will no longer be forced to sit in the crowd for every single show. And you will live on with your podcast, Fill in the Blanks. Is that what it's called? Which is... <laughs> I didn't know that. It's called Fill in the Blanks. Good point about his wife, too. Like, maybe oh she God. wants to have her own Seriously. thing going on. Hey? She, like, for no, every episode, had to sit there and then pick up his hand and hold his hand as he exited. I was like, what is she... What is she... How, who is forcing her to do that? You have to sit and smile the whole time. Hey, I'm really enjoying this. Funniest Dr. Phil moment ever was still when the creator of Bum Fights went on there dressed as oh him. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. And then he, Phil kicked him off. Like, he yep. didn't know what it was all about. Yep. Like, God. So funny. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> Back, do you have a musical tribute for us? I do. Okay, great. It, it sucks, but so does Dr. Phil, yeah, so that's, that's okay. okay. Take these broken wings. I need your hands to come and heal me once again So I can fly Dr. Phil, the end of time One of my boys was having a bit of a schmelty yesterday, a bit of a schmeltdown. Oh dear. And I told him, just relax, be a little more chill like me. And then McKenna laughed out loud. <laughs> and she's like, you are not chill. And I said, I disagree. That's pretty funny. I'm Chilliam Shakespeare. I'm as chill as they come. Mm. He's like, you're not Chilliam Shakespeare. Yeah. It's like, I'm chill of Seymour Hoffman. You're chill and I, the science guy? Chillford Laurier on the $5 bill there, the $5 chill. Chill withers. He's born in Philadelphia. Dr. Machilagutty. Former President Chill Clinton. Perhaps his wife, Chillery. Chill Wayne. It's producing a bunch of chlorochill over here. Oh, my God. You're from Chillington, Vermont. I'm a chillionaire. Put your humble pie on that window chill and let it cool off. Having lunch at the DQ Grill and chill. You're Chill Smith. Chilligan's Island. A chill a minute. Staying at the Chilton Garden Inn. Quilla de chill over there. Roger Chillians. You're just a big chill pickle. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. A certain place in Canada just got voted one of the most welcoming places on Earth. Whoa. Can you guess All where? All of Earth? All of Earth. Earth. I have two guesses. Okay. Immediately two that spring to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first would be Manitoba. Okay, no. No, not Manitoba. Shocking. Because Manitoba has that rep. That's right on their license plate. Friendly They're Manitoba. Friendly, right? Yeah. Uh, second was going to be the East Coast. Yeah. Like any of the t- any of the maritime provinces. Newfoundland. <coughs> Excuse me. Newfoundland. Newfoundland was Most one. welcoming place. Most welcoming place on, on Earth. Earth. According was, to who? Uh, booking.com, uh, okay. not the booking, but booking.com did this whole thing and they used, uh, like it was tens of thousands of reviews. It was actually quite really? a huge Thorough? amount of data that they used and they came up with what people, you know, said in their comments, what people rated different places as, what people said about like friendliest people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so Newfoundland, I think was in the number nine of the list of most friendly places on earth. Where was number one? Uh, it was in Spain, La Roja in okay. Spain uh, was number one. Yeah. Um, the, so I, my, I immediately thought of the the East Coast just because I mean the East Coasters that I've met have all been totally. exceptionally friendly. Yeah. You know, um, but I wonder if that isn't going to change because some cities out there are exploding right now. Yep. And I think when people see crazy growth rates like that, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden their housing costs go up, and the cities change. Yep. I wonder if you naturally become a little less welcoming of newcomers. I think so. so. And I got thinking when I was reading about this, about the least friendly places that I've been. And it's in funny. In Canada or anywhere? It, well, both. In Canada is where I started. Then I was kind of thinking about the least friendly places I've, I've been. And again, it's all anecdotal, of course, mm-hmm. because it's just 
the people you've encountered in those places and doesn't mean that all of them are like that. But uh, I've had a couple of bad experiences in Quebec. I was going to guess because I've heard of some of your Quebec stories. Yes. Two uh, different <laughs> experiences. One where they refused to serve me gas. Another one where they were just very rude to me. So um, that is one of the places that I'm like, hmm, I would put that as the list of least friendly places. I wonder if you just got like the two worst people in Quebec when you I very well could have. Maybe the, the, rest is, the rest is great. I know. And um, that's part of it, right? You never know. In terms of least welcoming, I was going to guess maybe another major city. Yes. Just because of the nature of life there, right? Yep. But, you know, you might say somewhere like Toronto isn't that isn't that welcoming, isn't that friendly. But it uh, the city continues to grow. Yes. And many, many people move there. So it has to be at least somewhat welcoming. Yep. People are still going. That's very so, true, right? Yeah. But I agree with you. I think the busier, and we've talked about this before, but the busier a place is, the tougher it is to be friendly because you're just busy with other things. You're so busy focused on trying to get somewhere. Pace of life, right? Yeah, pace of life just picks up, so you don't have the time to sit and be like, hello, how was your day? You don't have the time to pull over on the side of the road and have a visit right. with your neighbor, right? I wonder if this boom continues out on the East Coast, if, you yeah. know, but it probably takes a long time to lose a reputation like that, right? It's true. Like decades, I'm thinking. But I've heard people argue that Alberta is unfriendly, and it's because of that as well. It's because really? so many people have been imported here, especially in the bigger cities like Calgary, <laughs> because they say there's a lot of people from elsewhere, and they don't really know each other. And because of that, that causes a bit of unfriendliness as well. Ah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that. I disagree this as well. This is God's country out here. It God, sure is. God's people. But you know what? Might the East Coast biased, is God's but, country. Uh-huh. Manitoba's God's country. Toronto's God's country. It's all his country. You know what? It's all his. All of Canada just needs to be on that list. The most friendly. The and Shauna Podcast. I was reading the headlines for um, my favorite Vancouver news website yesterday. <laughs> and the top three stories that popped up are just beautiful. Real soft stuff, Beckler. What are they up to now over there? I wanted to pass this along to you. So, okay, soft music. If we could, thank you. First, more of the crow released after being trapped inside airport. So there was this crow that was trapped inside the airport and Vancouverites decided to name her Mara. And then apparently somebody started a Twitter account for her and she's got a bio and it, she was flapping around. So Vancouverites put the pressure on the airport to free this crow yep. and they did. So there you go. Beautiful story. Next, Coldplay announces second show at Vancouver's BC Place. Now, don't get, don't get me wrong. I like Coldplay. I do, too. They are the perfect soft Vancouver band, though. And I was like, of course they're adding a second show in Vancouver. Of course <laughs> they might are. Maybe a third still, Maybe eh? a third, a fourth, maybe. Yeah, People totally. People are going to get together there and feel some feelings, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Oh, my God. Okay, and then next. Drive BC advises motorists to expect delays and major congestion after light dusting of snow. They said light dusting. They said light dusting of light snow. dusting. <gasps> yep. And they're warning of the congestion that this light dusting is going to cause. This weather system could bring frigid temperatures oh and perhaps my even God. a light dusting. A light. Like, a <laughs> dusting is even certain snow. Like, a dusting could be anything. You know, like, you're not even sure. Is that snow or not? Is that dirt? I don't even know. But we're tired. Let it... But careful. It's going to cause some issues. It's going to cause some serious issues. Yes. Oh, Uh, my God. It's beautiful. Oh. Oh. Everything's right when you hear about soft stories from Vancouver, right? Also, this this is really funny because there were some comments that were hijacked by Albertans once again as well. Uh, So the first one says, this is exactly the kind of entertainment (laughs) for which the rest of Canada loves gentle Vancouverites. And then somebody took a photo of Calgary's roads the other day, the big like crash that we had, and said, lower mainlanders, don't feel bad. This was just north of Calgary a few days ago. 
Here's the thing, though. There was a Vancouver resident that responded to that and says, we feel bad for Calgary in the summer, too. Oh, uh, you got us. Got us. Stay soft. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. Later.